The TEFL Commute, Episode 3, Names, in which we discuss how students should address their teachers, how teachers can remember names, and why some students take English names in English class and in their English life. Stay with us. You're listening to the TEFL Commute Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to uh, yet another episode of the TEFL Commute, a podcast for language teachers that isn't about language teaching, although that topic will surely come up from time to time. My name is Lindsay Clanfield. And my name's Sean Wilden. Still think we need to work on a bit of a snappier intro for that. <laughs> yeah, no, perhaps you're right. I, I'm experimenting. Um Anyway, Sean, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm fine. So this is episode three, and I've just realized I've never actually checked how you want to be addressed. Are you happy with Lindsay, or would you rather be Mr. Lindsay, Miss Lindsay, Sir Lindsay? I think at this stage, we better just be Lindsay and Sean. But this is uh, one question that does come up for teachers, and this is the topic of our podcast. Not on actually how you would like to be addressed, but the broad issue of names in general. Okay, so, uh, you know, how, 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 how do you ask your students to address you, Sean? Well, I since I tend to teach many adults, I'm quite happy with Sean. I found it really weird when I started teaching. I started teaching many years ago in Greece, and they had to call me Mr. Sean, which I never really got my head around. It seems a bit of an odd mix of um, of what we actually do in real life. What about yeah. you? No, I'm, I've always been Lindsay. I've, I've, um, I've, when I taught in Mexico, I was uh, um, profe, which is like short for professor or professor, and that was a thing. And in Spain, I've often been called teacher, teacher. So uh, they just just say teacher, or is it like yeah, teacher, teacher Lindsay? Profe. Yeah, and then sometimes would say Lindsay. Lindsay isn't that obvious or easy for for students of course uh it's it's not like an immediately easy name to to remember and much less to spell and yes it's also a man's name not just a girl's name uh, a so, man's name yes i often have to introduce i even introduce myself one of my shticks is introducing myself at a talk saying my name is Lindsay and i'm a man because <laughs> uh yeah the um number of times people have met me and said, I always thought, I'm like, guess what? I, I think I have the same problem with my surname. People always get, because I'm Wilden, or is it Wilden? And in fact, I, I really dislike my name full stop, because I'm Sean, S-H, which most people email me, S-E-A-N. Um, my middle name's Ian, and Sean and Ian are both John, so my parents call me JJ, which is... Mind you, I shouldn't have made that on a podcast, I guess. Um, <laughs> well, we'll see what happens. Miles. Lisa. Bakbule. Emma. Billy. Marina. Kat. Daniel. Melody. Fiona. Caroline. Anne-Marie. Elizabeth. Ellen. Adam. Dan. Mark. But the whole issue of names, there's a couple of things that I've got that I thought we could talk about with names. Um, I mean, we've already talked about, like, Sir and Miss or Mr. and so on. I see that you've got something about how Sir goes back to the 16th yeah, century. Yeah, 16th century. I was quite interesting. But Miss only goes back to Victorian times. Um, 
So the sir became in because because teachers wanted to keep that level of or or create that level of authority, um, okay. which is interesting. I don't know if it kind of works like that anymore. So do yeah. you think sir carries an authoritarian respect in the classroom? Yeah, it's another um thing that's kind of popular with uh, often i've i've heard you know especially with right-wing governments and education reforms you know that we should bring back more respect for the teacher by obliging students to make them call the teacher sir or or in spain uh for example uh obliging students to use the 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 polite form of address to, to teachers the usted form or in france it would have been the vu form um so this is a, this is a kind of thing encouraging students to to be much more informal with the teacher, much more formal with the teachers, and bringing back sir seems to be a thing. Whereas yeah, it seems to be. Uh, looking uh, through the British press, it seems to be quite an issue last year. Uh, in fact, um, I think one of the papers, the Telegraph, did a poll and twelve thousand people voted, but eighty seven percent of them said they shouldn't use um, the first name; it should be sir. I guess it's kind of sir in itself is okay. I guess the idea of miss is kind of um, discriminating, and uh, perhaps you know there's no um, female equivalent of the same value. No, is there? Isn't there Ms? I remember there was a while when it went, but there was Mrs. or Miss or Madam, but Madam seems or Ma'am, uh, seems seems kind of old-fashioned. But Ms. seemed to be seemed to be the thing that we were saying in North America when you didn't know if the person was married or not, and it was a formal address. And I was reading that I think so women. Let me quote: "It's a depressing example of how women are given low status, and men, no matter how young or new they are in the job, are given high status." Maybe it's something our listeners can pick up with on the blog and let us know what happens, um, what they think. Let's talk about students' names now. I mean, let's, well, let's talk about one of the, the main issues for me, um, and I think for lots of teachers, is how you remember names. And I don't know if with age I'm getting worse, but I'm finding it harder and harder to remember names. Um, and it's quite a, a, an amazing thing. I mean, if you take... A teacher's average workload of, let's say, um, five or six classes, uh, different classes that they have per week, or I don't know, maybe more. But let's, let's start with six classes and put an average of 18 or 20 uh, students per class. That's like 100. That's over 100 names. That's over 100 names that you have to learn every year. Um, and you have to learn probably quite quickly. Uh, are you good with names, Sean? As I, I think like you, I used to be, but uh, these days... Um, I kind tend tend to forget the name. I remember the face, so I know they're my student, but not quite sure what they're called. Yeah. What about uh? Well, do, what do you have any? We've we've collected some tricks here that teachers use to remember names or things that that other teachers have done that we found online and things that maybe we have done. Yeah, for me, the most effective was always making kind of a little diagram of the table and then writing the student's name in. It tends to be that, in my context, the students sat in the same place each week, so it was relatively easy to do. Yeah, that's true. That's one of the things that I, I, I find as well at the beginning of a course is I like to let them step, sit in their same seats and not move them around all the time in a kind of communicative fashion because otherwise I totally forget their names. I, I, so, I yeah, have to I, confess, I never move my students around. I used to preach it all the time as a trainer, but yeah. I'm too lazy. 
<laughs> yeah, and and it's also you get resistance from them. That's another. Well, that's yeah, another. students. I think students are, again with adult students sit with who they want to. So it's kind of like no, you can't sit next to your friend now. Go talk to somebody over there, and it kind of creates a resistance. Anyway, that's probably another topic. Um, yeah, but I kind of wrote down like the so name a, a, and a seeding plan. Yeah, that's it. Seeding plan, and yeah, probably a little bit of a characteristic just to. Um, remember that it's like that person's got blonde hair or something like that. So how does that help you remember the name? Um, so when they are sat down in the next lesson, I can check it's the right person. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay, yeah. I suppose, I mean, the other thing is I find to help me remember, I've got to keep using the name over and over again. So I've got to, I, I, you know, the, I, I will remember if I keep making sure that I say their name. So I'm, I'm trying to, when I can't remember a name and I and I get it from them, I'll try to say it as many times as I can in the class. Sort of. So is this um, kind of every time you have a dress student, you make sure you use their name? or I try to. That's how I would remember them, definitely. It's, or a kind of like an um, internal monologue, you know, as, you're, as your students are working, you're in your head saying the names over and over, which I've, I've seen as a technique that some people use. I, I think there's another there's another good trick that I, I learned from a, a, a friend of mine who was a school director uh, uh, of a high school, principal of a high school, and he used to uh, have this trick of remembering or asking people their name. So he'd say, what's your name? And they would say, for example, uh, Sean. And he'd say, I know it, Sean. I mean your last name. <laughs> now, that would... <laughs> Or if they said something like Wilden, you'd be like, I know it's Wilden. I mean your first name, boy. Um, I like that trick. And I've used it a couple of times. Um, but but the problem is, is when someone answers their full name, like if I say, so what's your name? And you give me the full name. <laughs> it's like John Smith and uh, you've got nowhere to go. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, thank you. Or I suppose you could say, I knew it was John. It was the last name I was struggling with. Um, but that's another one. Uh, other, other tricks of the trade of remembering students' names? Oh, well, um, I used to, I guess, when, when I was running CELTA courses, we always used to get the trainees to begin by throwing a ball around the oh classroom. Oh, my gosh. The ball. The <laughs> ball. How many balls have been thrown around in English language classrooms? I've done it too, by the way. And I think it's something that I, I remember doing as, like, a beginner teacher and thinking, oh, my gosh, this is so cool and so not traditional. We're throwing a ball around in class. Um Actually, I mean, I should probably do it again. It's been probably 10 years that I haven't done a ball toss with names. I think the problem I always found was you kind of you throw it to the student and the student's got the ball and then it comes this kind of... I always assumed the toss of the ball was like to, to be a bit of a quick activity. But you throw the ball to the student and you probably said, say your name and, I don't know, an adjective beginning the letter of your first name or something. So you throw it to the student, the student catches the ball and looks at you with a sense of, now what? So the yeah. game kind of comes to a crashing halt. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and of course with kids, they kind of try to throw the ball to smash it into each other's face. That's happened to me with 11-year-olds. <laughs> There's one that you had here in the notes uh, that I've also seen before, which is I, I consider dangerous. I tried this and it just, just backfired on me. Identify a unique physical feature and think of a sentence involving that feature in the student's name. So like you got like Harold who has kind of a, like I remember having a student, I, I can't remember. I, well, no, you've got it here. Tim has a tiny tooth. 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I always think I would be focusing on things like this has a horsey kind of face. <laughs> you got to remember not to actually say these things out loud. As well. yeah, say, hey, horse face. Yeah, no, oops. That, that be, yeah, that's that's no good. And and the problem is, is then I always fix on like what what that what that that physical attribute is. So yeah, although they do say rhymes, uh, rhymes aids your auditory and visual memory and all that kind of stuff. I still think the best one is just to use the names as much as possible i think so yeah i think using them and get and making sure they use them when they speak to you in the first few lessons and advice first uh um helps there's certainly a lot of activities online for that people could try out and have a look over it we'll include, we'll include some of the best ones in the, in the links in the show notes yeah absolutely um, the other thing is, have you ever, here's a question, have you ever had like a really large class and even by the end of the course, there are probably one or two people whose names you still wouldn't remember? Um, I have that in small classes sometimes, actually. Yeah, now I don't, I've been looking not to teach really large classes, but, but um, even in a medium-sized class, there's some people where I'm just never quite sure and think, well, it's too late night to go and kind of confess I don't know the name. Like, for example, James, James Taylor, who oh, is yeah. our co colleague here on this podcast for the first episode and before and after the first episode, I insisted on calling him Ian. Yeah, we, we don't call him James anymore. We've changed his name just to make it easier for you. <laughs> I think it's also because I know an Ian James. And so for some reason, I just... You know, it was always just coming out, Ian, Ian. I wrote it in emails and everything. And finally, I think after a couple of weeks, he's like, it's not, or you said, it's why do you keep calling him Ian? And so I think I'm probably doing this to some poor students as well. I'm calling like, I'm calling someone Carlos when it's, when it's something completely different. <laughs> and they just, you know. They just... They're too kind not to say uh, teacher. <laughs> yeah. Okay, what we'd like to do now is a little teacher test. At the beginning of the episode, uh, you heard a series of names. We're going to play those names again for you now once. I want to see how many names you can remember by the end of the episode when we'll play it a third and final time. Ready? Here goes. Miles. Lisa. Akbule. Emma. Billy. Marina. Kat. Daniel. Melody. Fiona. Caroline. Anne-Marie. Elizabeth. Ellen. Adam. Dan. Mark. And now it's time to add a new name to Tevil Commute. Here's Kerry Jones with her first Kerry's Corner. There's this thing about names, or well, um, I guess it's a thing about my name, really. Um, okay, so my name's Kerry. But um, lots of people, when they see it written down, because it's written C-E-R-I, they, they don't really know how to pronounce it. So I get all kinds of different variations. I get Sari, Seri, Sherry. Uh, some of them I don't mind, actually. I quite like my, my French um, version, which is Seri, or the Italian Geri. Those are, those are two of my favourites. And, um, you know, I kind of, I guess I... I sympathise as well because um, when I meet someone with a name that I've never heard before, uh, it's quite difficult to remember. And um, if, especially if it comes from a, a language the, whose sounds you're not familiar with, you know, I kind of find it really difficult to remember a name if I can't create a kind of a, a sound card for it. So, so I sympathise with people when they can't get mine right, especially when they've seen it written down first. Um, 
So you know, when I'm in class with students, it's, it's pretty simple. We've got plenty of time to work with names. And, and I always um, write it down and get my red pen out, mark out that hard C so they get it as Kerry and give them the whole little spiel story about how it's Welsh. And English-speaking people usually don't know how to pronounce it either. And then and that gives me time then to ask the students, of course, to you know pronounce their names and tell me about their names and tell me their pet hate of how how maybe I may be mispronouncing their names too. But, you know, there's this other thing as well. So it's not just the, the sound spelling thing. There's this other fact about my name is that it, it kind of, it works both ways. It can be for men or it can be for women and, you know, for, for boys or for girls. And um, this has its ups and downs. So, for example, uh, if I... Google my name, you know, it's a thing, isn't it? Do you do that? Do you Google your name, you know? So I put in Kerry Jones in Google. And um, the first page of the search is all men. Um, there are international rugby players called Kerry Jones. There's, um, there's a famous photographer. Uh, there's a fly fisher. I'm not sure if that's the right term, fly fisherman, fly fisher. Um, but there are no women on that first page, so I have to actually get into the second page to find any female Kerry Joneses. And, um, and that kind of harks back as well to um, in school, in secondary school at one point. I mean, Kerry's actually really common name in Wales. So in one of my classes in secondary school, there were three of us. There were three Kerrys, and then not only were there three Kerrys, of course, Jones is also the most common name in Wales. So there were three Kerry Joneses. Um, uh, and of the three of us, I was the only girl. So that was okay. It was like Kerry the girl. And um, the other two had to use their second names. This, this idea of kind of Kerry being a, is Kerry a man, is Kerry a woman, it often causes confusion in um, emails or letters and, and one of my favourite confusions was when I booked in to stay in a hotel in London, it was kind of this little quaint bed and breakfast type place, but they had this little gimmick um, and it was a visiting card that they created like these little special visiting cards for all of their guests and and they were kind of, you know, harking back to the days of Jane Austen when um, families would move down to London for the season and they'd be uh, in residence and they'd send out these little visiting cards so that um, people would know that they were at home and could be visited. And so I had this little, kind of, you know, sort of um, 18th century card written out for me. And of course it said, Mr. Kerry Jones is in residence. Um, so I really like that, and I've still got it in my wallet. Thank you, Kerry. And I thought I had issues with my name. Kerry will be back in a future episode with another Kerry's Corner. Have you had, and this was an interesting discussion we had on Facebook that I want to bring up, have you had Asian students who adopt English names that uh, you find slightly unusual? For example, I had a student from uh, South Korea in Canada who called herself Apple. And when I asked her, it wasn't her real name. Uh, she had a Korean name, but she didn't want me to use the Korean name. She just wanted Apple. You had any examples of this? Um, yeah, the first 
time I think I ever taught in a British summer school, there were a number of um, Taiwanese students and, and they had names like Lucky and Wednesday. And you think, and actually I was quite young and I didn't even occur to me uh, that they weren't the real names. It kind of cottoned on a few weeks later. They just liked the sound of the English word and decided to use that. I'm never I'm never quite sure if if, if people should anglophile their names like that or not. It's, I don't know. My wife always talks about when she studied English in France at high school in France. She's from France, and that the French teacher made them all have English names and assigned them English names, and she hated it. However, I on our I, I did a call out on Facebook, and some teachers uh, have confessed that they have given uh, English names to their students, and their students like these. Other teachers have uh, said that um, their students have these names because uh, you know when they reached them, they'd already been given this name by their first ever English teacher, so like mm. an English name. Um, I also know several, uh, you know, friends of mine in Canada who who came from China uh, and Hong Kong and also adopted names. Partly, and I, I was trying to get to the reason for this, and they, they, what I seemed to get from this, all these people that were answering me was that it was often to either. Uh, make it easier for the others to kind of remember your name or say your name. Sometimes it was just because they thought it was cool to have like an English name if they were going to be operating in English. Um, I, I wonder if it's kind of like um, in the last few years, people have been talking about like kind of the use of an avatar as a way of creating this character so people are more confident in English or, you know, yeah. using that. I wonder if it kind of changing your name gives you the confidence more than it would if you were if you so kept your first name if we're venturing into the world of methodology and and uh psycholinguistics talk i think this is probably adopting a name in english as part of forming your l2 identity sort of the 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 person that you wish to be uh when you speak the foreign language um, i'm sure it's all kind of wrapped up in that as well and so as we come to the end of the episode, the question is, how many of the names did you remember? That many, huh? Well, let's check. I'll, we'll play them again for you now. Miles. Lisa. Bakbule. Emma. Billy. Marina. Kat. Daniel. Melody. Fiona. Caroline. Anne-Marie. Elizabeth. Ellen. Adam. Dan. Mark. So, Lindsay, I think that's about it. Have we got anything else to say on names? No, Sean, I think that is about it. Uh, let's just thank our listeners for listening and uh, say goodbye. Yeah, I hope you had a good commute. See you next episode. Bye. Bye, everyone. As your commute is coming to an end, here's an idea for you to take into class. Use the students' names as a way of revising a recent topic in class. So, for example, if you recently covered the topic of food, students think of a food beginning with a letter of their name. If it was adjectives, they think of an adjective beginning with the letter, and so on. Get the students to sit in a circle. Someone starts by saying their name, and a word that begins with the same letter as the first letter in their name, i.e. Chris, Cucumber. The next person in the circle would say Chris, Cucumber, and then add their own name and word. This carries on all the way around the group. 
if you want to make it competitive, students are knocked out of the game if they forget any of the foods. Should the circle get back to the beginning, students add another word. For example, Chris, Cucumber and Cauliflower. Keep going until only one student is left. You can find the instructions for this activity at our website www.tefelcommute.com You've been listening to The Tefl Commute, an original podcast produced and presented by Lindsay Clanfield, Sean Wilden and James Taylor. Don't miss out on any episodes by subscribing to us on iTunes and by visiting us at www.tefelcommute.com.